0: We are live on Adobe Radio. It's news to us. Hey, everybody. How's it going? A different show this week because, A, whoa, what is that sound? Somebody's mixing cocktails. (laughs) That's Katie mixing cocktails over there. Katie's joining us and Chris is joining us. What's up? There's Chris and uh, Katie. Hi. There she is J- jason isn't here because before we went we we're supposed to go live on the air what happened to jason katie
1: uh he locked himself at work in work literally
0: he locked himself inside of the store he works at
1: you literally <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do you know how that happened
1: <laughs> all right, the alarms are going off and he can't get out of the store. So here I am.
0: Yeah. And your microphone got got all weird by the way. Maybe unplug it and plug it back in. I don't know. Okay. What, what do I now? I'll try. Uh, here I go. Okay, you try that. And of course we're all in quarantine. That's continuing, so that's why it might sound a little bit weird, is because we're all in different locations. But uh tonight. Uh, Jason and I uh, last week we were getting Sick and tired of all the doom and gloom So we thought we'd do a lighter side of its news To us and just talk about the weird and wacky Stories happening in the world Instead of talking about all of this Depressing crap and uh, Then we're going to talk to somebody running for Congress Robbie Goldstein Is a Democrat for Congress in Massachusetts And uh, he'll be joining us He's also an infectious disease Physician as well So we got a lot to look forward to Yeah It's news to us With Eddie and Jason Yep, but uh, We haven't heard from Chris in a while How are you? There he is We tried doing
2: good
0: Yeah, good, good We tried to get Chris on the show It was like uh, two weeks ago or something, right? And it didn't work out Yeah Yeah. But here you are So what have you been doing? Um...
2: You know, probably working more than the average American who's either been under uh, quarantine or or has gotten canned. So I've been working full time and then hanging out at the house. Honestly, my life hasn't changed like dramatically on like a day to day basis, just in terms of what I am or I'm not doing. But uh, yeah, yeah, just surviving, trying not to get get the same disease and uh uh yeah just taking it day by day
0: it's scary it really is i'm I, uh, katie are you back
2: (laughs) okay
0: i think we completely lost her not not sure what happened there but uh
2: it was going so well
0: i know we were talking to her for like 30 minutes before we go on the air then as soon as we go on the air it all goes to shit why is it always like that with this show
2: I don't know.
0: You do Isn't it have weird? Uh, some strange luck about that. Yeah. That is it is so <laughs> weird. Whatever. I maybe she'll get it uh, working at some point here. I hope sooner than later. Cuz yeah. we, we need her here. Damn it. Yeah, yeah we were talking though b- before we got on the air and we are glad that this whole pandemic thing happened now instead of even like 10 or 15 20 years ago cuz that would have really sucked. There's nothing to do. There's no internet. There's none of this video conferencing, and uh, it's hard to, it would be really hard to communicate with people and uh, just connect with your friends and family.
2: Oh, yeah, and uh, I didn't even think about it in terms of Internet. You know, uh, I brought it up, and I was thinking, like, uh, how awesome video games are now, and you really can escape into them. And then I was also thinking about, like, uh, social media, yeah, like Eddie said, and, and video conferencing, but you wouldn't even be able to stream movies, and i'm sure the video stores would have all been closed
0: <laughs> or you'd have like curbside pickup yeah i wonder they probably wouldn't even be deemed essential though
2: i don't know it's kind of weird what has and has not been deemed essential it's kind of like a lot of it's pretty arbitrary
0: is somewhere where you can get a rub and tug is that essential hello there's Katie. She's back. Hi. <laughs> so
1: sorry, you don't
0: know what happened there. All, all, it's all good. Thanks for jumping in and filling in for Jason, Katie, last second.
1: Yeah. No problem.
0: But should should rub and tugs be essential or no? Is that uh, are they in some states? I heard they are in some states.
1: Uh no.
0: <laughs> they shouldn't be.
1: No.
2: They're considered crazy. essential in some states. I thought it was. Oh no! I guess Nevada. <laughs> Is Nevada is the only state where prostitution is legal, right?
0: Uh, I think so. Parts of it. Yeah. It's not the whole yeah. state though, right? Because I think when you're in Vegas, it's not legal. Yeah, it's I don't
2: know.
1: It's not legal? I'm
0: not sure. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. We, we have to look up the laws on that. But do you guys want to play a quick game before we get to the lighter side if it's news to us? There's no choice because we're going to. Okay. Cool. Uh, this is a you're, little... You make a great boss. Like <laughs> hey, can I ask you, know I- you to do something? Which is my way of saying
2: you do this. <laughs> this is forced fun.
1: Yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> okay.
2: You're gonna have- I'm asking you. I'm I'm being the cool boss right now. I don't know why I'm getting so much pushback.
0: Who wants to play a game? Well yes, here we go. This one is called <laughs> Trump's True Lies. Yes, Trump's True Lies. And okay, so here's the way this game works. Trump's true lies. As you know, Trump has made a lot of just wacky statements regarding the coronavirus publicly, and uh, we've compiled his wacky statements and also made up some of our own. And you guys have to guess which is the real, or should I say, true Trump lie. Oh boy. Does that make sense? Fun. Everybody yeah. on board?
2: Done, not to openly criticize you, but this is too funny to me. <laughs> you should have got lines from the movie true lies and then <laughs> trump quote and we had to, we would have had to have guessed true lies or trump quote. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's the the alteration of this game next time. Yeah. Next yeah. time we have a cocktail round table in celebration <laughs> of the uh, coronavirus being gone. Cool. Okay, here's the first one. Is this a true Trump lie or not? Here's what uh, was said, or was it? The coronavirus would weaken when we get into April because of the warmer weather. Warm weather has a very negative effect on this type of virus.
2: Uh, That's a real... That's a real... He said that.
1: He said that.
0: Yes, that is correct. He actually did say that. But the truth is... This is a lie, because uh, it's a true Trump lie. He, uh, the all, all of the all diseases can be s- transmitted in in all types of weather. Okay, that is that's really the truth. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Believe it or not. Okay, next, next on the uh, true Trump lies is this a fake Trump lie or a true Trump lie? Did Trump say, I prefer people who do not get coronavirus?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. No.
1: No, he did not. No, that's
0: fake. That is correct. You guys both got it. Yep, that is a fake true Trump lie. Next one. We don't need tests. It's easy to tell if someone has the virus. Hold your breath for 10 seconds. And if it's easier in the clear, did Trump say that? Oh, mm. no katie says I'm no say yes chris says yes okay well chris was wrong on that one Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah that was a made-up one okay next one We don't need coronavirus tests. I just did that one. Next one. If the economic shutdown continues, deaths by suicide are going to be greater than the numbers of death by COVID-19. Did Trump say this or not?
2: Yes. Yeah, he said that
0: one. Yes, he did. Yeah, but that's a lie because these are all lies, by the way. The number of people who died by suicide in 2017 was about 47,000. And how many coronavirus deaths are we up to now?
2: (laughs) 67,000 last I saw.
0: Okay, here's the next one. Is this a true Trump lie or not? The Trump White House inherited a broken, bad, and obsolete test for the coronavirus. Did Trump say that?
2: He absolutely said that. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
0: Yes, he did, but that is false because the coronavirus did not even exist during the Obama administration, which is what he was criticizing. Asshole. (sighs) Asshole. Yes. Such an asshole. (laughs) Such a stupid asshole. You know, shame on him.
1: Shame. Shame.
0: Okay, here's the next one. In a tweet, did DJT say Hillary wants all Republicans to get COVID-19? She wants to start a coup to take over the White House. I'm going to say no. No. Yep, okay, you're right. Uh, Okay, next one. Anybody that needs to get a test gets a test. They're here. We have the tests and they're beautiful. Is that a true (laughs) Trump line? (laughs) Yeah, he did did. You guys are too good at this game. Uh, And the uh, last one Google engineers are building a website To help Americans determine whether They need testing for the coronavirus Or not Yes, Is is that something he said
2: Yeah yeah.
0: And that was a lie Because when Trump made that claim Publicly Google had no idea What he was talking about That was news to Google True that but uh, that wraps it up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, true Trump lies. Yeah, what a show. Fuck that guy. Fuck Trump. <laughs> oh, man. This, the, the, just the, the utter BS that just comes out of this guy's mouth left and right. How can anybody believe anything he says? I don't know. It's baffling. Uh, yeah, People who it, yeah. do
1: really piss me off That's for sure
0: <laughs> Yeah Well okay I guess we should uh, we'll Get into the lighter side of it's news to us
3: The lighter side Of it's news to us
0: <laughs> Yeah The uh, Okay what happened Oh did you hear about this guy This guy was caught camping on Disney World's Discovery Island That's how he wanted to spend his quarantine Did you guys hear this story yet
1: did I not. I
2: uh, saw something about it. I didn't read it.
1: Well, closer to home, authorities in Orlando arrested a man who attempted to spend his quarantine on an island in shut down
0: Disney World. The Orange County Sheriff's Office says they found 42 year old Richard McGuire on Discovery Island Thursday. Deputies say McGuire didn't hear them
1: searching for him using boats and planes because he was asleep in a building. <laughs> McGuire says he did.
0: not I don't know. <laughs> 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 Would you guys if you guys could spend your quarantine anywhere I mean Disneyland seems like a pretty good place to go or Disney World
1: Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool.
0: Although I'm not a big Happy fan of Disney. Are you guys have you guys both been to Disney?
1: Yeah, when I was like little, I went to Disneyland when I was like 4 and then I went to Disney World when I was like 12.
2: Yeah, pretty similar to me. I went to Disneyland when I was a baby, and we went to Disney World when I was like uh, eight, I think, eight or nine. Oh, it was fun as hell.
1: Fuck yeah! What about these cool.
0: ad- adults that are obsessed with Disneyland and Disney World? Uh, that's weird. Respect for these people? <laughs> <Or> no, <laughs>
1: that's weird.
0: <laughs> I find it to be creepy. Yeah, a
1: little I mean, bit. They're a little.
2: They. are weird people who tend to do that, but like that itself doesn't set them apart for me. I'm like, all right, you like amusement parks, that's cool.
0: What right? I mean, but okay. You like amusement parks, that's one thing, but the people who go go out of their (laughs) (laughs) way The people who go out of their way to go to Disney just all the time and they're obsessed with it. They get married there. They want to be like a Disney princess. I don't know, the whole thing just creeps me out.
1: That is weird.
0: It's like grow up. Grow the fuck up and be miserable like the rest of us.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) You are not a
3: princess. (laughs) The lighter side of its news to us.
0: Tupac Shakur was arrested in Tennessee and charged with violation of probation. Oops. Oops. Tupac Shakur. (laughs) A guy named Mm -hmm. Tupac. Shakur. I guess he. he, Yeah, yeah.
1: that's a bad day.
0: (laughs) He changed his name to Tupac Shakur.
1: (laughs) He changed his name to that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Then he gets arrested. When I saw that headline, I was like, "What? He's alive? (laughs) Confusing. (laughs) I know. Yeah.
1: He's being held in a county detention center. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny.
3: The lighter side of its news to us.
0: Uh, this this is more of a story for Jason here, but he's not here right now. That the uh, NFL is planning to start their season on time. They say that uh, COVID nineteen is not going to get in the way of their of them making money. I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, well, that gets in the way of my life because that's really. You
0: <laughs> that gets in the way of your life.
1: It does. That chops my
0: ass. <laughs> Are you hoping for a little peace and quiet without football?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of uh, stupid for them to uh, to say that it's going to happen. Are they going to do it without people in the stadium?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, and what's the point at that? I mean, at that point, like, what are you doing, really? Like, It's just kind of stupid to do that with nobody in the stadium, and they're not going to do it with people in the stadium because... People are going to die by the millions like oh yeah I mean this is not going away and anybody who thinks it is is stupid and I mean this is it's going to spread like wildfire if they pack stadiums like that so
0: when when do you guys think that you you'll go to a big event like a concert or a sporting event oh I don't know
1: I, yeah. I can't even I can't even forecast that because I mean look at it it's still like it's still hot, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows how long this is going to take? I guess yeah. I guess a
0: better question is what will it take for you guys to want to or feel safe
2: <laughs>
1: until it goes away.
0: So, what does that mean a, a vaccine or herd immunity or
1: i don't know until until people aren't getting until people aren't dying by the thousands
0: but by the hundreds you're okay with that
1: yeah i mean no even by <laughs> the hundreds kidding. i'm just like, kidding
0: i'm just being a jerk yeah i know, you know it's, uh,
1: so many people are dying it's
0: it's scary and you
1: know, i don't want to be the one responsible for killing somebody's grandma
0: i know Ugh. yeah yeah, I think it's going to be at least probably this time next year before this is under control. Me too. I hope I'm wrong. I Me too. What do, you, what do you think, Chris? How long do you think this is going to last?
2: <laughs> I actually yeah. think it's going to last the next two years. Two? Two.
1: Why? I, I wouldn't be surprised.
2: Well, because this whole 18 months to a vaccine thing, that's only theoretical. Like, we have never developed a vaccine for anything that fast. I think the record for the fastest vaccine ever developed is four years. And that's assuming we can even get a vaccine. I think we're just as likely to see herd immunity uh, before we get a vaccine, really just kind of have this thing peter off, you know, and and that's just going to be a matter of time.
1: You also have to remember, too, we have every scientist in the world right now that uh, the brightest brains in the world working on this like this is not i mean everyone literally everyone in the world is working on fixing this this is
0: the bill and melinda gates foundation they stopped all other activity and they're i know they for example are focusing solely on covid-19
1: yeah, everybody in the world is throwing everything they've got at this. So hopefully it comes faster than that,
2: but yeah. uh, but then again, there's even still a worst case scenario than that and that's that you know, we're all making an assumption that a vaccine is possible. It's theoretically possible that they that won't be too. able to crack, the, crack this nut, you know, because you look at how many Uh, uh, the common cold is a coronavirus and they've never been able to figure out a vaccine against that we still don't have a vaccine against HIV
1: well we're looking uh, at a, a different kind of virus that once this virus hits your body it turns into something that is like making your body attack itself so right like that's what my understanding is from listening to doctors like once once the virus takes over, then your immune system starts attacking it's like your body starts attacking itself essentially yeah. and we could so, we could ask the
0: doctor more about that, but I think you're right, that's what I've heard,
1: yeah, so I think that's what they're struggling with, so I don't know i do they find something that can fix that i who knows,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, we really are escaping all the doom and gloom with the lighter side. We, oh, 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 wrong button.
2: <laughs>
1: the lighter side of it's news to us. I kind of like this story about <laughs> the kids that stole a whole bunch of cars from the dealership. That's kind of funny. <laughs> like, that yeah. sounds like something that's up my alley when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> uh, over a dozen kids in North Carolina stole cars from a dealership because they were bored. Ages 9 to 16. They stole forty six cars. It looks like at eleven dealerships.
1: It's hilarious. Well, like, <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking?
0: <sighs> oh wait, Hello. no, forty six thefts. But it says that uh, six cars were only six cars were found so far.
1: Ages nine, nine <laughs> nice. years old. My daughter is eight. If my daughter <laughs> was out <laughs> stealing cars, I would kick her ass so hard. That is crazy.
0: I mean, these kids are bored because they can't go to school. You know?
1: Still, oh my God, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Do you throw the book at them? Lock them up for life.
1: Right. Lock up a nine-year-old <laughs> in a jail that has <laughs> yeah. coronavirus raging in it.
0: That is isn't. What about that, too? I've been thinking, like, is it irresponsible for us to be putting people in prison right now?
1: Yes, so irresponsible.
0: (laughs) So this is the perfect time to be a criminal.
1: I guess.
0: I mean, I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas. I'm just... Speaking of criminals, though... (laughs) And
1: he's telling people to go out and be a criminal. Crime spree!
0: (laughs) Everybody, crime spree. What about those
1: nuts in Michigan
2: who stormed the state legislature with, like, (laughs) AR-15s? You mean the, uh-huh. the giant what I saw giant on penises? The internet
1: was that they stormed the state legislature with a bunch of dildos. Mhm. <laughs> That's what I saw anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's crazy to me. That's like insurrection. <laughs> like that is uh, that And it's That is some civil war shit right
0: if, there. If they were people of color, they would have been mowed down. Oh, hell
1: That's yeah. So
2: cool.
0: I fucking hate this country.
1: It's really <laughs> ridiculous.
0: The lighter side of it's news to us. <laughs> well,
3: the lighter side of it's news to us. <laughs>
0: what were you going to say?
1: Can you imagine having to work there when there's assholes walking in there with AR-15s?
0: It's intimidation. and I believe it is against the law to intimidate an elected official.
1: Like, I would be pissed. Like, I was going to try and run for office last year and, like, just for our state legislature. And I would be freaking pissed if somebody walked into the Colorado state capitol with a freaking AR 15.
0: I think you need to reignite that 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 campaign, by the way. How can we get you back on the campaign trail?
1: Um, it was a funding issue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? What What was it like when you were trying to run? We're talking to like a lot of grassroots people on the show le- lately, like, but you were trying to do it here in Colorado where we live. What was it? What was the, you say it was funding? How much money did you need?
1: A shitload.
0: Really? Just to be on the ballot or?
1: Yeah, like just to get going was just, it was so much. It was just like, it was a daunting process. Like when I sat down and looked at it, I was like, I, you know, just to get started, we're in a better position now than we were then. So I might get. Well, how able much to money would it cost? It now. Uh, I mean, you need a lot to get, you know, you need to be able to get out there and organize and you need yeah. volunteers and you need this and you need that. It's and a lot. Need, it is. And I did make a lot of really great contacts and I somehow ended up like shooting straight. I accidentally got like contact straight at the top instead of like in the middle. And, um, it was by accident, um, on part by move on, But moveon.org is a great organization and they were very helpful. Oh, cool. And yeah. And uh, so I worked with them a bit. And um, yeah, like it was, it's just a daunting process to get going. So I can
0: only imagine that is a lot (laughs) for anybody to take on like that.
1: Like 50 grand probably to like get like just rolling. Wow. And that's just that's just like startup funding, like really.
0: Mm.
1: Like just mm. to get moving.
0: Well, up next we'll talk to somebody who's actually doing it and maybe uh maybe he might have some tips for you if you ever want to try again.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: Dr. Robbie Goldstein, a Democrat for Congress in Massachusetts District 8 and he is running for Congress. I like the way that he puts it in his bio. Quote, just another infectious disease physician running for Congress during the largest pandemic we've seen in a hundred years. That, that pretty much sums it up, but welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you for having me. I noticed you don't throw around the doctor thing a lot. Is that on purpose?
3: Uh, well, you know, most of my patients actually call me Robbie. Uh, (laughs) so when I started the campaign we had to make a decision about whether I would be Dr. Robbie, Dr. Robert, Dr. Goldstein, what we would do. But, um, I I am certainly a physician. I've been a doctor for um, over the past decade. I have an MD and a PhD. And so we're starting to use it a little bit more in the campaign.
0: I Yeah. I think people want to hear from a doctor right now I, with everything going on. But before we
2: that get. Protein, I think has a little bit more uh, gravitas <laughs> than something informal. People, I think wants to hear from a true expert these days.
0: Yeah. But Let's get to know you a little bit before I jump into the, um, into all of your, uh, what your campaign is all about, but uh, how, how are you, how are you doing right now during the pandemic? Are there any hobbies that you're able to, to keep up personally or anything like that? What are you doing? Um,
3: yeah, you know, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> okay, you know, good. That's what I, know, I would say, want you to be. My work is my hobby in some ways. I spent, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, um, and that, that takes up my time that plus campaigning you know I, as an infectious disease doctor obviously i've been called to serve in the setting of this pandemic so i have worked on our infectious disease consult service i worked in the intensive care units i um, am up all night holding the pager and responding to concerns that people have in the hospital to make sure that we're all responding in the way that we can and should um, to take care of patients that are streaming into the hospitals
0: but you've got to take care of yourself too i mean it's important that you're staying uh you know sharp and also not overworking yourself. Are you doing anything?
3: Um you know, I go for my runs. I um have a nice dinner every night with my husband. Those are sort of the things that sustain me. Sometimes that dinner's at ten o'clock at night, but um yeah. at least I have those two things to kind of keep me going.
0: what did you guys have for dinner last night?
3: Last night was Sunday night so we had pizza. Every Sunday night pizza Sunday. Ooh long standing yeah. tradition in the household. Yes. You can't argue with How- pizza.
1: How are you balancing your time between the hospital and the campaign trail
3: it's it's challenging you know we at this point in the campaign had anticipated that I would be moving a little bit away from the hospital and I'd be taking a leave of absence so that I could campaign full- time Obviously we can't do that when there's an infectious disease pandemic so um, I'm right. up early I'm doing work for the campaign before many people are, are awake. I get into the hospital and and do what I need to do um, I still have some patients that I see in my primary care practice, so I see them mostly virtually, and then um, I use the, the evenings and the night times to catch up on the rest of the campaign work that needs to get done. As
1: Do you so- have volunteers or anybody helping you out with the I campaign? I have
3: an amazing team, an absolutely amazing team who keeps the ship moving forward while I'm away. Um, you know, there was a week when I was in the intensive care unit, didn't have much time, and they kept everything moving forward. Um, made sure that the campaign was doing exactly what it needed to do at that stage, and it, it allowed me to to focus on what I had to focus on in the hospital.
0: As someone who's seeing the horrors of what's going on right now on the front lines, how does it make you feel to see people protesting right now and saying "reopen America" while holding firearms?
3: It is enraging. Um, it is frustrating. It's it's also really sad. Um, I you know. I go to work every single day and I take care of people who are on ventilators, who um, have have this virus because of no fault of their own, because of their living situation maybe, because of the job that they have. Um, and to see people put themselves in harm's way and to protest is, it is just, it's frustrating. It's, it's what we know is wrong. Um, And I wish that those people would listen to science and listen to data. I wish they would listen to the doctors. I wish they would listen to me and they would stay home, wear their masks and recognize that while this is really hard, it's what needs to happen.
0: What kind of patients are you seeing sociologically?
3: Yeah. So, you know, We are seeing people from all spectrums, right? So we're seeing people who are young and old, people who have medical problems at baseline and those that don't. Um, We, in particular at Mass General Hospital, uh, are seeing a large number of people from the suburbs of Boston, Chelsea, and Revere, um, as well as East Boston, where there's a large amount of Latinx people that live there. Um, So a lot of people who are speaking Spanish, that's their primary language. Um, and who, um, you know, were living in situations where they had multiple generations in one house. And so we could see a grandparent, a parent, and a child all in the hospital together. Wow! Um, Oh, my
1: gosh.
3: That's so sad. Yeah. So
1: we wanted to ask you about masks. What is the whole ordeal with masks? Because homemade masks versus, like, the masks that you would wear in a hospital... Are our homemade masks really doing what we think they should be doing? Are they really helping as much as people say they are?
3: They're certainly helping. They're certainly helping. So there are little tips and and tricks that you can do with masks using a coffee filter, a paper coffee filter to put on the inside of it to help block some of the droplets or the particles that might get through. But the whole point of the mask really is so that whatever's coming out of your mouth isn't going out to the rest of the world and maybe landing on a doorknob or landing on a park bench or wherever you may be. Um, and so anything you put in front of your face is going to decrease the amount that gets out. Um, masks are about us protecting other people from ourselves in many ways.
0: Now, why is it a one way thing with the material? Why doesn't it work both ways?
3: You know, it does, it absolutely does. In the hospital, we all wear surgical masks. Um, you know, those the, the blue or yellow surgical masks that you see so many people wearing. Uh-huh. We wear them every single day to protect ourselves. Um, and also to protect other people. But, um, the, the biggest thing when you're out and about is that if, if you're sick and you have COVID and you cough or you sneeze or you breathe too heavily and those particles go and land on the park bench, someone's going to come around five minutes later, put their hand down and now they have the virus on their hand. And it's much more likely that they're going to infect themselves. We've se- so, seen
0: so much conflicting, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I've seen so much conflicting information about how long that COVID might live on that park bench. What, what's your opinion?
3: You know, I don't think we know the answer. And I, I think one of the things about this virus that makes it so challenging, right. Is that we are both treating the virus and learning about it at the exact same time. This is something that five months ago, nobody knew existed and now all of a sudden, you know, thousands of people have died from it, millions of people infected. We, we need to learn more about it. Um, so we don't have a great answer of how long it lasts on a park bench or how long it lasts on a piece of paper. But I think the, the best advice is to expect that when you're in public, everything you touch could have COVID on it. And so whatever you touch, be very careful to then wash your hands, to not touch your face, to um, be as safe as possible between um, going outside and getting back into your house or back into your, wherever you came from.
2: I want to uh, switch gears to a political question or a, a policy question to be more accurate. Um, obviously, the virus and the quarantine are eviscerating the economy right now. And probably the average household's greatest expense would be uh, money it pays toward rents or mortgages Uh, and you are seeing pushback now from uh, uh, renters who are going on rent strikes and who are trying to gin up support across the country for that kind of activity in the hope that uh, the government will step in and freeze rents without accruing back payments.
3: Is that a policy that you would uh, support Absolutely. I mean, how do we expect people to be paying their rents if all we've done as a federal government is give them $1,200 at the start of this pandemic? Um, You know, $1,200 in a city like Boston barely pays the rent um, for one month, let alone the many, many months that people are now out of work. Um, So I think we we have to have a serious conversation about how do we freeze rents? How do we make sure that people aren't losing their jobs? and then responsible three months from now for three months of back rent. How are they supposed to pay those three months of back rent if they don't have a job and they don't have any other way to bring an income? So um, I'm in support of us having a really serious conversation about protection, rent protections, eviction protections, making sure that people can stay inside their house um, and aren't nervous every first of the month about what's going to happen.
0: There's been calls for universal basic income for a long time. Bernie Sanders has suggested $2,000 to every household just for this time with COVID-19. But do you think that universal basic income is something that is feasible at all, even after COVID-19 or I mean, during? I think we should be having it. Maybe your opinion on both.
3: Yeah. So during, absolutely. I, I, I've thought about UBI for a long time, really trying to think about the nuts and bolts of how this works and what the numbers should be and how does it actually improve our economy? What does it do to the value of each individual? Um, I think right now we're in a moment when UBI makes sense. We need to make sure that everyone can continue to live in their house, to buy their groceries, um, to you know, support their life in the way that they have to to get through this pandemic. It's also going to help stimulate our economy and keep us moving forward at a time when we're really in free fall. Um, in the long run, I think UBI is something that we should keep on the table. But what I really want to see is us move forward with a really aggressive, progressive agenda that makes sure that healthcare. Uh, is granted to every single person in this country and no one is paying a premium for their health care, that housing is guaranteed, that food is guaranteed for folks, that education is affordable for everyone in this country. And I think if we achieve that progressive agenda, I'm not sure that we need UBI in the long term.
0: Right. What about, uh, so when you say, what about Medicare for all? Are you in support of that?
3: Absolutely. So I'm I'm in the healthcare world, right? I I breathe it every single day and I know that the only way to fix our system is a single payer healthcare system. And so if we don't recognize that now in a pandemic, when 9.4 million people have lost their insurance because they lost their job over the past three months, um, when are we gonna all wake up and recognize that the only way forward is for us to guarantee everyone healthcare and to do that through a single payer system run by the federal government?
0: Well, uh, back to this COVID stuff for just a little bit, just because I know it's on everybody's minds. Uh, in our first segment, we were kind of talking about, we were speculating how long will this last? What is it going to take for things to get to quote unquote normal? What is your opinion?
3: You know, I think we're in this for the long run. I don't think it looks like today, three months from now, I do think that we're gonna have progress and we're gonna see some ability to get back out in public, but um, our entire society is gonna change restaurants that used to pack people in close to each other are going to have to distance tables um, our ability to take public transportation is going to change right people are going to start working from home and if they do go into the office we're not going to have open floor plans um, we are going to have to recognize some changes to our society and I, I think we also have to be prepared that we come out of this process and two, three, four months down the road, we have another wave of infections. Um, It may look different, it may not be as high a peak as what we're seeing right now. It may be more localized to various cities or states, but I think we need to be prepared to have waves of this social distancing that we're doing over the next 12 to 18 months until a vaccine is on the market.
2: As a infectious disease expert, are you concerned at all that maybe a vaccine won't be forthcoming at any point that uh, the problem proves intractable like it has for uh, HIV or
3: the common cold or or other viral agents? I have to say I'm optimistic about a vaccine. You're right. Um, In 1984, Secretary Heckler, the secretary of health and human services got on stage and said that a vaccine for HIV would be available in a year. And now we're, right, 30 years later, um, more than 30 years later, and we don't have a vaccine for that virus. But I do have hope for a vaccine for COVID, partly because of the type of virus it is and the work that has gone into creating the vaccine already. Um, I think we need to be very clear that vaccines work, and we're already starting to see some some anti-vaccine folks coming out and pushing against the wide distribution of this vaccine. Um, for, for a vaccine to be effective, we need everybody to take the vaccine. We absolutely need to build as much herd immunity as possible for us to be able to get control over this virus and allow us to go back to some type of normalcy.
0: With, with Would herd immunity even work, though, because uh, there are conflicting reports about whether or not you can be reinfected?
3: So you're, you're correct right now from infection from the virus, it is not clear that you develop um, lasting immunity from that infection the hope would be that a vaccine would give us lasting immunity. And um, they can do that in a lot of different ways um, by augmenting the immune response to the vaccine. We do this with a lot of other viruses, things like the chickenpox virus or the shingles virus. We augment the, the body's immune response so that we can make sure there's a, a more long-lasting, a more durable immune response than if you just got the virus on it, on its own.
1: And is it true that this virus is it attacks the immune like once you catch this virus it attacks the immune system um like once you have it it's attacking you
3: So what's really interesting about this virus is that the infection itself, the virus, gives you the, the symptoms that you associate with the cold, right? Runny nose, sore throat, cough, fevers, muscle aches. But there's something about this virus that triggers the immune system in a way that you have this really robust immune response. And that is often what's leading to people getting on ventilators, to people being severely ill in the hospital. It's that their immune system seems to To go a little bit haywire. And a lot of the research that's going on right now, a lot of the new treatments that people are trying are treatments that interfere with the immune system and try to tamp down that response in a way that prevents people from getting to such a severe disease that they have to go on the ventilator.
0: Can you imagine if the press briefings with Trump were like this? I mean, why aren't more doctors and scientists running for office?
3: You know, it's a great question and something I've obviously thought about a lot, uh, certainly since I launched my campaign in November, but definitely over the past three months. I mean, I think there is a clear distinction between what you hear from the president's mouth and what you hear from Tony Fauci's mouth um, in the same press briefing. I think that it is very important for us to recognize the relevance of physicians in government the um, the importance of science in our decision-making process and I, I truly believe that at this time um, there is no doubt in anyone's mind that an infectious disease physician is going to bring a tremendous amount to Washington and to the discussion about how we recover from where we are here yeah do you have any idea how to
2: fight the anti science climate that has been developing and seems to be cresting here in this country over the last several decades besides
3: getting president trump out of office um (laughs) it's a deep (laughs)
0: question
1: beyond that
3: though sorry what was that
1: we're working on it
3: (laughs) yeah yeah, thanks thank you for that work Um, you know i think that's step one but i think it's It is really eye-opening to many people right now. You know, we do hear about these protests that are in the news. We hear about people who are following the president's advice and and drinking bleach or taking massive doses of chloroquine. But I do think we're seeing a lot of people wake up to recognize how important science is and how we really have to respect the scientists, respect the public health experts, respect the physicians and the nurses and all the frontline workers. Um, And so I'm hoping that we see a turning point In America's perception of how important science is in the public debate.
1: So, what can we do uh, from here in Colorado to help boost your campaign?
3: Well, um, thanks for having me on. That's helpful. <laughs> uh, and I think um, it's important for people to, to check me out and check my website out at RobbieForChange.com to learn more about me. Um, and I think it's also important to, to look around. There's a lot of physicians that are running for Congress uh, in this current cycle. There are folks in in Arizona, in Texas, up in Alaska, in Kansas, in Virginia. There are a lot of us all over the place. Um, And I think it's important to, to really sort of back us and to recognize that we're on the front lines of this pandemic and we're on the front lines in this election so that we don't have to have another pandemic.
0: And you're trying to unseat an incumbent, Stephen Lynch, same party. He is this guy out funding you? I mean, what's the story right now? How is the campaign going on that level?
3: Yeah. So, so Stephen Lynch has been in office for almost 20 years. He certainly has a nice war chest that he's sitting on. Um, but you know, I think what I have is I have momentum. I have the shared values with the rest of the district. Um, and I have a district that has changed over the past 20 years that is eager to see a new face, uh, a new perspective in Washington, one that talks about science and data um, but also one that really talks about Democratic values. You know, Stephen Lynch um, is a Democrat by registration, but he is a pro-life Democrat by his own omission or admission. He voted against the Affordable Care Act. And, and now that Dan Lipinski was primaried out of his race by Marie Newman, um, Stephen Lynch has the honor of being the only Democrat left in Congress who voted against the Affordable Care Act. Um, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, you know, man, that's
0: not good. Not, I think, not a all. great
3: honor, not something that I would want, but yeah. I think it's, um, it's important for, for folks to know that there are still conservative people in the Democratic Party, um, conservative members. And, and if we really want to push forward with our progressive agenda, we've got to get those people out just as much as we've got to get Republicans out of the House.
0: Uh, yeah. We're almost out of time here. There's so many questions we could ask you real quick. Uh, Joe Biden, is he too conservative a Democrat for you or are you throwing your support behind him?
3: Um, I'm, I'm going to vote blue no matter who. And, um, I think that, as I said earlier, the number one thing we can do to restore this country is to get president Trump out of office. Um, I am hopeful that the democratic primary experience has really changed the conversation and moved us forward. I mean, how many hours do people spend on the debate stage talking about a single payer healthcare system? How many times do we talk about criminal justice reform or um, real interventions to make sure that our, our streets are safe from gun violence? I think we are actually seeing us move forward, even if the person at the top of the ticket isn't a, a quote unquote progressive. Um, that agenda is still there to push him in, in the right direction.
0: All right. Uh, well, they, and before we let you go here, just real quick, I need to make something clear at your professional opinion. Should we be injecting COVID patients with bleach?
3: <laughs> Absolutely not
0: Okay, thank you for clearing that up
3: I'm glad that you brought a doctor on the show to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Well, we needed a professional
0: right? We needed an adult in the room to ask that question uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show uh, Robbie uh, Goldstein, Dr. Robbie Whatever you want to call him, Robbie Whatever he, thank whatever you. you would like to be called uh, campaign. Yes, uh, yes And uh, the website is uh, It's RobbieForChange.com RobbieForChange.com And if you're in Massachusetts, District 8 is uh, where he's running. So thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank Stay
0: you. Stay healthy. You too. You as well. Stay safe. You too. Thanks.
3: Bye.
2: Bye.
0: There he is. Cool guy. Great interview. Very cool. Yeah, I learned uh, I learned some things, and I, I think I, uh, yeah. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, that was a really great interview.
0: Yeah, you guys knocked it out of the park. Thank you for filling in for Jason. Maybe we should do this all hey. the time.
1: No problem I really enjoyed it
0: News to us for back here on adobe Radio. In for Jason, Katie, and Chris. Thank you guys for filling in for Jason. Big shoes to fill.
1: No problem. And I just wanted to throw out a big fuck Stephen Miller, <laughs> just in case everybody didn't know that. <laughs>
0: Jason, uh, Chris had an important question just now.
2: Yes, oh,
1: Jason's
0: yes.
2: still locked in the store. Do we need to call the fire department?
0: Yeah, when we first start, when we first started the Jason, show, Jason was locked in a building, so he couldn't join us tonight.
1: Jason is no longer locked in the building.
0: <laughs> is he at home yet, or is he uh, on his way?
1: He's home. He oh, just got here. Tell him to say he, hello. He has to take a coronavirus shower before he's allowed to uh, touch anything.
0: Oh. So he can't he can't say hi or is it, is it will contaminate things?
1: No, he just got home. Like he just pulled up, so he has to. <laughs> he can't contaminate.
0: That's smart. He has
1: to go do a, you know, decontamination.
0: And all honestly, though, it's like uh, it is scary because I'm at home all day. I'm able to work from home 100. percent But then my girlfriend is. Out there with face to face with the public every day. So when she gets home, I'm honestly a little nervous every day. Uh, nothing's happened so far. I mean, she she's, works in a sterile environment, though, medical stuff. So with Jason animals.
1: Yeah. But still,
0: you never know. Like, you can still touch a doorknob and not think one day. And I like I loaded her up with hand sanitizer and really trying to help her out. But yeah, I don't I know. know. Jason Especially
1: has to go de- contaminate. And then I think, I don't know if he'll make it back in time. We'll see. That's okay. Yeah, sorry about it. What are
0: you saying, Chris? You
1: guys are stuck with me.
0: (laughs) No, you're.
2: It's uh, scary, especially when you hear things that something like 50% of Americans are going to catch this at some point over the next two years if we don't have a vaccine by then. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Scary times, obviously.
0: What well, and Chris, okay. you you your whole household, you and your wife are both out there facing the public. I mean, yeah. are you guys stressed about this? You guys have to be really stressed. I feel really bad that you guys are both out there.
2: Yeah, we have been pretty stressed on and off. Um, fortunately for uh, Hillary's work, they're taking really good measures and they're making uh, she works for a vet clinic and they're making all the uh, the owners, the humans wait outside and they're just bringing the animals in so I'm not as worried about her work situation as mine um, Yeah, I'm not working with the public you know, quote unquote, but I do work in a warehouse with you know, over like a hundred people at the same time and I, Ugh. you know it's a loud environment so you can't uh, socially distance and communicate and, uh, do you masks? and so you can't you know all band just passing people all day
0: do you guys is everybody wearing a mask yeah. do
1: they provide uh, you? Yeah, they did
2: start mandating a uh, mask at work just now like like a week a week ago a week
0: Oh back. that's too late. Jesus. So stupid. Yeah, but I'm right? glad that it's happening but jeez. Yeah. Uh I mean we're going to get through this if everybody's smart but we have so much goddamn stupidity. I can't take it.
1: Right? Uh
2: yeah, I was frustrated about how they were approaching.
1: Do you have, uh, do they give you gloves and stuff like that? They do, yeah. Oh, good. Good. long as you are covered now, I guess. That's that's good.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason,
1: Jason gets gloves and he wears a mask, but I mean, he's still when he gets home, he's going decontamination station before he <laughs> he touches anything, like, That's it, smart. I'm not, yeah, don't, yeah,
0: nobody should risk anything, why not, we, sh- we should all be extra safe and precautious right now, it just is the reality of the situation, and it really blows, but whatever, I hope, in yeah, a, I hope later on, at some point, we can all look back and be like, whoa, that was crazy,
1: yeah, I mean, like, we've got a kid <sighs> in the house, and like, we're not gonna try and infect the whole family, and all get sick, and you know, no, mm-mm,
0: uh, we have just like a minute left here, but I wanted to uh, play this little clip for you guys before we wrap up the show. This is Donald Trump before a press briefing. He didn't know the camera was on him and he mumbled something under his breath. Uh, Jason <laughs> and I were debating this last week. What, it is, what does he say here? It's under I his got breath.
1: It right. Here we go. What,
0: what does he say? Oh, you were there. Okay. You were there, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Katie was here. This is for Chris then. Chris, what is Donald Trump saying right here? Hello, love everybody.
1: I need mm. more Adderall.
0: I love everybody. <laughs> By the way, the visual is his eyes are completely bloodshot and he's looking around the, the room like a maniac. I
1: love everybody. I need my Adderall.
2: <laughs> I honestly hear I love everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. I love everybody. I, I love think everybody. Jason said. I think Jason's right. I don't know. I wish it would more. I wish it was "I love Adderall" or "I want more Adderall," but I think it's "I love everybody."
2: Yeah. I love everybody.
0: The guy looks stoned. You guys have to see this clip. He looks completely fucked up before he's supposed yeah. to go live on the air, and he's like, "I love everybody."
1: Maybe he's drunk as fuck, and Jason got it right.
0: I love everybody. And that is who's uh, leading the country. So sleep tight, everyone.
1: <laughs> oh, what an ass. <laughs>
0: We appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.
1: Hello, everybody.